Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast, established 2019. Direct from the North Wales coast, his verbal skills definitely outweigh his wrestling ability. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Hello and a warm welcome to episode 23 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. My guest at this time is none other than Jack Griffiths. He's the first ever Alpha Gen Champion at Britannia Wrestling Promotion and is one of the most highly rated young talents on the UK scene. He has also been trained by world of sport legend and British wrestling pioneer, a seven-time world champion, Marty Jones. How's it going, Jack Griffiths? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, finally got it done, mate. It took a fair few months, but we're here now, aren't we? So, yeah, looking forward to getting to know about you and your career so far. Jack, when were you first exposed to pro wrestling? Uh, probably when I was a young kid, to be fair. Every kid, don't they? They just grew up. When you grow up, at some point, you'll see wrestling on the TV or you see it advertised somewhere. I think I started watching it when I was about four, maybe. WWE. And I think when I started watching it, it was the likes of John Cena, Shawn Michaels... Randy Orton, them sort of guys, they're on TV every week. They just went from there, really. You, you know, you stated some talents there. Uh, which talents did you gravitate to as a youngster? For me, it was just it was John Cena, I'd say. He's just like, uh, he's just captivating money for a, for a kid at that age. He was easy to follow and he was easy to like at the time. Uh, as I got older, I started to like uh, different superstars. Because obviously you get a bit more whereabouts of what wrestling actually is. And then you get a bit more for, a bit more of a taste for the other guys. I started liking Shawn Michaels a lot more as I got older. But I'd say John Cena is probably the one that I stuck with like throughout growing up with wrestling. Which stars of wrestling did you like watching then, just to you know expand on it a little bit? Do you know what? I, I liked watching most, most guys. Like, I'd say it makes me laugh. The Miz... He made me. He made me laugh when I was growing up, because he was like, "Is that baddie that <laughs> he always seemed to just make you laugh with whatever he was doing?" 
and then eventually, like that time, it was oh, it must be about ten years ago when he became champion. I must have been about eight, and I was fuming because <laughs> like you don't you don't get it, dear. But and then like now when you watch him, and he's like you realise actually how good he is and how well he's done for his career. It's like oh yeah, fair play. Quite enjoyed watching him when I was young. Comes in for a lot of criticism and fairly, I think. I think he's brilliant, so I do. He, he's superb, like, you know, he can do everything. That's the key, isn't he? He's multi, multi-faceted, amazing on the mic. He's been able to hold his own on the mic. Uh, yeah, I think it's unjust when people start on him. And then obviously, when I've been to the States to watch it, I've seen him live. He's incredible. As you say, like, obviously, as you get older, and obviously being a part of wrestling yourself now, obviously, you appreciate that sort of work from when you watch back of all the tapes when you're younger. I like I like watching a lot of uh, World of Sports stuff as well, old World of Sports stuff. And there's hardly any promo work in that. A lot of their promo work is actually in match, isn't it? Or just before they're about to wrestle. Whereas like today, a lot of the show, especially on TV, you'll have a segment of just a whole promo, won't you? That's it. It's like completely different now. Uh, one one match that stands out in World of Sport. I remember Regal. I think Regal had been on a podcast, and it was uh, Terry Terry Rudge versus Marty Jones. That was one of his favourite matches. He was saying, yeah. <laughs> "If you ever get the chance, go on YouTube and type in Marty Jones versus Dick and Nolan." Yeah, and, like fast forward it right to the end, like the final move, and look at the, look at the drop kick that Marty gives him. It's the best thing you'll ever see. It <laughs> 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 completely takes his head off. It's quality. Were there any specific match types you like to see uh, in today's wrestling? Or just, just like go, maybe go, yeah, more like more so when you were first watching it, and obviously growing up watching it, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, to be fair, I was pretty much happy to just be watching it. I say I enjoyed like you know the Extreme Rules sort of matches when I was younger because they're quite entertaining, aren't they? Because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know who's going to go through what. Or... I'd say they were quite entertaining. But then obviously they were left for the pay-per-views and stuff, weren't they? Which was a bit better in a way because there's had more of a build-up to it. When when did you begin training, Jack? Just to come away from, I want to like obviously talk about your origins coming into the business. Um, I began training. I, well, I was 17, so about five years ago, four or five years ago, and I started training with uh, Basics Wrestling in Connors Key. Uh, I spent about two and a half years with them. And then that's when I moved over to Marty Jones then. I was quite lucky with finding Big Six because they were quite local. Um, and obviously I didn't drive at the time. And I was able to get the train to their, their school and stuff. So it was only about a half an hour train journey. Whereas like when I, if, when I go to train now, it's like an hour and a half in the car. Where, is, that, is that with Marty Jones, yeah? Yeah, when I go to train with Marty, yeah. I sometimes train with... Uh, Sam Bailey and Chris Sharp as well at the Future Shock School. Are the classes different? Uh, are you learning all different styles across the two training yeah, I schools? Because like, the beauty of being taught by the likes of Chris Sharp is he's obviously a WWE referee. He's one of the, probably the top referee. Well, you, you, he should be because he's class. And like his knowledge that he offers you, you know, even if you're just doing this, going through the simple things and like, so if you talk to him, he opens up your mind onto different scenarios or different ways you can take stuff, which is really good. And then when you train with Marty, you get like a lot of the technical psychology aspects of wrestling from it. And then obviously when you can put the two together, 
that, that's what well, that's what helps you grow then, isn't it? And that's what makes you ten times better when you put your matches on. So you're like a you're like a sponge almost, aren't you, across the schools? Yeah. When did your first match occur then? Off the back of training? Um, do you know what? When I because it is different like today because you see all these guys and they come into training schools and within like four or five months they're on a show. But it was like completely different with me. It's like where I trained, the guy that trained me, uh, Mike Roberts, he's proper old school and he like, uh, he sort of like got brought up for the old school method and it was sort of like, you come to the shows, you help out, you know, for months on end and then you referee, so you learn the referee side of it, so then you can, you, you like sort of first front row, aren't you, when you're refereeing, so you get to see everything, what's going on. You also get to learn like that side of it as well, uh, and then it must have been about two years after I started training before I had a, I had my first match. So I'd say probably about three years ago, maybe I had my first match. So it was 2020 now, so maybe like 2017. Do you think some guys are rushed into it then? You know, obviously you're saying about the time frame you had. That's very much like an old school timeline, isn't it? Training. Do you think they? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think they rush these lads? Yeah, like personally, I think everyone should go through the the development stage that I went through. Because like a lot of like lads coming through now and girls, like they just put on, they go to like say a decent school, and then they put on a a decent show within like six seven months. You know, if they're doing well, and then they're like on the indie scene then already. Do you know what I mean? Like they haven't. They don't, haven't done anything to completely understand the business or, like, its background or, you know, like, the other side, what goes into the show before the show's put on, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I was lucky, I got to see everything that goes into putting on a show, you know, like, all the other aspects, putting up a ring, how to set up a ring, you know, being taught how to referee, watching the guys that are in, and then going back to training and then practising with them and talking with them. Um, obviously all the travelling aspects I see a lot of people they don't get that chance to do the travelling side of it especially if you're doing like tours and stuff and like a lot of camp shows like the travelling on it's ridiculous especially when you're staying with a team you know when you're staying in a caravan where it's suitable for three people and there's like seven of you you know and you're all in the same caravan I feel like because that's the old days that and that's why I like get on well with Marty and I like, like that's why I went over to Marty in the first place because that would have been what it was like back in the day. You know, you'd have all been in teams and you'd have all been staying together. You'd have, you know, you'd have lived together for small periods of the year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, and they're the only people you would have worked with. And I feel like a lot of people coming through now haven't been given that. And I feel like everyone should. I know it's hard because like spaces are hard to get and stuff. But, like, if that opportunity comes up, I feel like that's the way people should be brought into the business, not like, oh, you just go to a training school like, you know, Future Shock or a Rev Pro or something like that, and then you're just on their show straight away, like, within, like, a year. You can do any move, you know, from training within a year, but, like, actually understanding wrestling. Do you know what I mean? Like, you'll you'll get some people and they'll come in and, like, there'll be a, a proper, like, a proper family show, for example, and all they want to all they want to see is just like they want to be entertained and they want to be engaged with, 
you know, like people coming from like a year's, not you know, like training a year, and they'll put on like a five-star match, which you'd expect in the main event of WrestleMania for like 30, 40 family and mums and dads, and that's not what they want to see. Whereas if you get to come up through like doing the camps and stuff, you know, you'll learn that, oh, this isn't the time and place for that sort of match. And you can put on a different style of match, which I think, you know, a lot of people, that they could do with that opportunity to learn that difference. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Like, I understand it's, it's sort of, it's like sort of changing now, isn't it? Like, wrestling's getting really athletic, like really, like everyone, like I, I love Will Ospreay and he's like my big idol. He does some amazing stuff, but like everyone's trying to do his stuff now. But like they'll they'll do it at times where it's not necessary, if you know what I mean. So like you know like when I when I'm having my matches now, if something's not worth, you know you, you plan your match for what where you are, you know what type of audience you've got, and like I I plan around that now. I plan around the bigger picture, whereas like you know there's no point doing like 24 somersaults for a family of say 25. You know when they just want to be you know engaged with what's the point you might as well rest you know like keep your bumps in it which wrestling training camps have you been to jack obviously you've said about you know people you've training yeah yeah just to just to extend on that your training camps because when i get the younger lads on and it's been my fault actually i've not asked about the camps and we've realized afterwards that we needed to speak about them so yeah just like where you were training and and your experience in the camp so i i started with basics wrestling and that was for about two and a half years i was with them just them and then i went to uh the squared circle with marty jones um and then i tried to get down to find spur a couple of times but with my work it was hard to commit to the days they were training whereas like when i was with marty it was easier to get there on a wednesday and a saturday whereas the find spur ended up training on a tuesday and a, and a thursday and it was just harder to get there through work because you start to predict what how, what time I'll finish in that. And then obviously you've got to get to Liverpool. Uh, and then I try to now get down to Future Shock as much as I can. They train on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays. So they got a better range as well. That's the that's the beauty of it now though, isn't it? Isn't it though? You've got obviously there's so many places you can go, especially, yeah. you know, it's only like, how, how far is Liverpool from you? 45 minutes? Yeah, like... Either way, if I if I'm gonna train now, either way you're looking at a minimum of an hour and ten minutes to get somewhere. Yeah. Which I I'm not bothered about because I I don't mind travelling and I, it just gives me something to look forward to whilst I'm in the car and that. And obviously, if you're car sharing with people, you can have a good chat and stuff. But you know, you're looking at a minimum, very minimum of an hour to get to somewhere. But it's worth it in the end, like. What What would be your advice for a person who wanted to start? You know, getting getting into the business and start training. What what advice could you give them? My my advice would be find a find a decent school that's that's local, to, like as local to you to start off with, uh, and then I'd say work your way up and expand. So like, if you're living in the Manchester area, there must be about five schools there now. So I'd say if you can't drive, I'd say just go to the one that's easy easiest to get to, and then I'd say just build your fundamentals from there and then you can look at because that's the big thing it's, it's it's transport isn't it? it it was hard for me when i started i had to get the train everywhere for years and you know 
getting the trains, you know, if they get cancelled or something goes wrong and you, you like you say half an hour on a train away from home well walking or bus wise that could be like two hours so i know transport's quite a big thing i'd also say if anyone can like drive or you can get in a car with someone i definitely recommend trying to sort that out because it just makes life so much easier when you can get a car there jack how did them how did you alpha gen experience begin how did that come to fruition I met Dylan Roberts at a show, and he's like probably the main guy through Britannia, I'd say. He probably has been for a couple of years now. And uh, it turns out I only live about a quarter, hour, quarter of an hour away from Dylan. So uh, this opportunity came up for me that Dylan needed someone to wrestle a show for Britannia like two years. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. And um, Dylan put me forward. And luckily, I impressed Steve and I think Sam's the other promoter, yeah. And luckily, I impressed Steve and Sam. And then they they invited me back the following year. And then I just had a run-up of matches then up until that Alpha Gen tournament, which was last July or June. And uh, I wrestled, uh, I wrestled uh, in a gauntlet match one month. And then I wrestled Matt Fox the month after that. And then I wrestled Chase Alexander the month after that. And then we did the tournament, and luckily I, I won that. Uh, so really, it all happened quite quick. Because after I wrestled Dil- Dylan uh, a couple of years ago, I never actually went back there for about six months. And then luckily I just got block-booked. And then on the lead-up to the tournament then, and then I ended up winning it. How far back did you know you were winning the tournament? Uh, I found out on the day. What was what was your reaction? I, I was quite pleased because my, my parents had come to come to watch me that day so it was a nice relief to, for them to be able to see me win and also one of my friends close friends came to see me as well so I was able to have a photo of him after the show and that with a trophy because that was quite nice uh, but yeah it was it was a good feeling because it like when you win a tournament or a, a trophy or whatever it's you get that feeling that someone's put faith in you someone like someone believes in you do you know what I mean like people are behind you it's quite a nice feeling, that. Have you managed to face everyone in the Alpha Gen who's in it, or have you got is there still people you yet to face? No. I'd, right. I I wrestled Dylan in probably the best match of my career so far after the Alpha Gen tournament, and we end up having like this mint 30-minute match. And then after that, I ended up getting caught in a feud with Dougie Matthews. <laughs> and I must have wrestled Dougie for, I reckon I've <laughs> I wrestled Dougie for about seven months. <laughs> I've had about four matches with him, I reckon. I've, uh, I did manage to see all that online. And obviously, Dougie, Dougie has been on previously. And uh, yeah, yes, I had seen all this online, the feud. Did you, did you tell I beat him in five seconds? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I had seen that, mate, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah that happened <laughs> and then we had a match in January just been yeah. in the Rumble um, in which the referee was distracted twice which uh, when I had him tapping I had him tapped out twice during that match and then literally about a minute after I'd had him tapped out for the second time he caught me in something and then he ended up passing me out and then literally I woke up about maybe 30 seconds after that and chased a cash in on him 
I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when I saw all this. You know that he, he'd cashed in on him straight away. He's probably the most unluckiest guy on the North Wales coast, Dougie, isn't he? I was like, well, that's what happens, isn't it, Dougie? You know, if he'd have done his swimming lessons, maybe that wouldn't have happened. Oh, my days. I like it when Mike Angus announces him. <laughs> Hilarious. He's just got such a long spear, isn't he? It's just that he's come from the uh, Sun Centre. That's the best bit. Oh. The Kellogg's Prom Swimming Awards. <laughs> Ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my we days. Had, we had a point during one of our matches and there was all these inflatable armbands around the ring I think it was a match when I beat him in five seconds and we must have been stood there for about ten minutes before the whistle went and I was like trying to teach him how to swim and we tried to put the armbands on him and he kept throwing them out of the ring so I was going back out and getting them and I was like come on Dougie they'll help you they'll keep you afloat <laughs> but he weren't having it it's good, good to have a bit of comedy in wrestling as well yeah you've got, you got to have a laugh yeah because how I see it is if crowd so you're enjoying yourself then the likelihood is they're going to enjoy it as, just as much that's it man that's it who who in the current wrestling product do you like watching i know you said about will osprey and you look up to him who, who else that's quite a lot of people fire away jack fire away i'll tell you i like i'll tell you i like watching just because i get on well with them and they're they're like my age i like watching the young guns for tag stuff uh, i think they're I think they're doing really well at the moment. I like watching the matches they put on. Um, I like watching uh, Sonna Dursen. I think he's really good uh, technically and athletically as well. I think he's really good to watch. Down south, I like watching uh, the OJMO. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, have done. Yeah, I've seen seen some bits and bobs actually. To be fair, uh, he's he's good to watch, especially for heel stuff. He's quite funny. Uh, I enjoy watching him. I, when I see, because I like, uh, I, I like watch various wrestling, and I I try and watch as much as I can of New Japan, and as much as uh, Will Ospreay's matches as I can. I like watching NXT. I think Adam Cole's brilliant. I think Adam, obviously Pete Dunne's amazing as well. Them sort of guys I like watching. Uh, in regards to NXT UK. See, I like I like Jordan Devlin. I think he's really good. And uh, oh, are they a, is it A Kid and Tyler Bate? They're brilliant. They are. I said actually that's the other guy I like watching. Tyler Bate. I say him and Will Osprey are probably my two guys at the moment that I'm enjoying the most um, when I watch them. But like, there's there's loads of people that I could say that I enjoy watching because a lot of people now, especially at the top, they're offering something different to everyone else. So, like, it's good to have a variety of people you enjoy. Because, like, again, Zack Sabre Jr., he's completely different, and I, le- I love watching his matches. He's very old school, isn't he? Yeah. The style. Be, or, yeah, or Steve Gray or someone like that. What about tag wrestling, Jack? Who, who, any standouts for you in the tag divisions across like, across the world? Grizzle Jung veterans are pretty good. I'd say they're probably one of the best tag teams at the moment. But, no, to be fair, like, in regards to tag wrestling... I enjoy I enjoy quite a lot of the matches I watch. I tell you what, funny the Street Profits on NXT. Brilliant, they're so they're good. Because they, they're different. They remind me of um, they remind me a little bit of Crime Time, but they've still got their own um, you know they've got their own Twist. persona and they're, they're they're still original. 
I mean, they've moved the belts around a little bit, I think, too much. I, I think the Viking Raiders should still be champs, really. I don't, are they on the main show now, are they? Viking Raiders. Uh, no, Street Profits. Yeah, yeah, they're on, they're on Raw. Yeah, I don't really watch the main show. They did a lot of, um, to, to build them up, they were backstage doing vignettes on Raw, you know, before they went in the ring. Right. So, they, so they, did that, they did that for weeks and weeks and weeks. They were just cutting promos in the back. That's how they brought them in from NXT, you know? So, but yeah, in, I'm in agreement with you there. They're, they're really, really good. Which which talents on the world scene would you like to get in the squared circle with? Obviously, you've said about people you like. Who would who would you like to get in there? Who'd whet your appetite in the squared circle? I'd love like he's not wrestling anymore, but I'd love the match with the original kid like us because uh, he started out where I did, and uh, it'd be nice to have had a match with someone who's done so well on the scene from where I've also come from, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and probably the same with Drew Parker as well. He started where I did, but he's a, he's a different sort of wrestler now. He's more into, he's like a deathmatch wrestler, isn't he? Been in Japan and everything, hasn't he? Yeah, he's doing really, really well. Superb. Um, them two, in a, like in other circumstances, I'd love to have had a match with. Um, I know everyone will say it, but I'd love to, I'd love to have a match with Will Ospreay. Um in regards to the, the scene at the moment that's likely for me to have a match with, I'd probably love to have a match with Joe Nelson. I feel like our styles would go really well together. Dean Ormark, I'd love to have a match with Dean Ormark. I've been quite lucky. I've been able to wrestle like Joey Hayes and CJ Banks. So them two would have been on my list. Uh, but I've been lucky enough to have been able to wrestle them already. Um, I tell you, I'd like to have a match with OJMO. Um I think we'd have a really good match. But like, it's hard because you can say you'd, you'd want to wrestle, but like the chances of, a, of it happening, unless you get that lucky break or something, it's it's not going to happen. So you sort of like, just take it as it comes, you know what I mean? I get you, yeah. You've done, I'll tell you what, what I'll take away from this interview, Jack, you've done a hell of a lot in a short space of time, haven't you? Yeah. You know, in relation to all the places you've gone to train, um, who, who you've, Obviously wrestled, so you've done a hell of a lot in a short time period. To be fair, oh, a, I got well, I got quite a lot to talk about. It's just obviously it's quite time consuming, isn't it? <laughs> and like, the... I've got loads of story. I'm, I think me and Big Red are going to do a live soon where we just do a Q and A because we've got loads of stories. Me and him, uh, and I'll be quite good. That'll probably take up a lot of me, a lot of me brain, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of me answers. <laughs> Would you like to plug some of your media, like your social media for me, please? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jack Griffiths PW. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Jack Griffiths Professional Wrestler. And you can also find me on Twitter at Jack Griffiths PW as well. Nice. Jack Griffiths, thanks for coming on for episode 23 of Stu's Wrestling thanks Podcast. For me. Big thank you to 3210 for their track Sonar in the intro and the outro for today's show. Cheers, boys, for letting me use it. Many thanks to Mike Angus for the show intro, as usual. An absolute stellar job. And to my editor, without Chris and Mike doing what they do, this show would not be happening. So, yeah, thanks for your support as well, lads. It's, uh, it's, it's top. It's brilliant. Love it. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.